With the big game this evening, I figured I might be able to get away with a football reference. As some of you know, my first call out of seminary was in Indianapolis as a resident pastor at Second Presbyterian Church. This happened to be the church where Peyton Manning was a member, who at the time was probably the most beloved and famous person in town, although Larry Bird might have taken some issue with that. While very famous and beloved in our city, he wanted absolutely none of that on Sunday mornings. He simply wanted to show up and worship. So he would often show up a few minutes into the service and leave a little bit early so as to not draw attention to himself. At church, he didn't want to be famous like he was everywhere else. He just wanted to be another member of the faith community. So all of us on the ministry staff did our best not to get too excited and starstruck whenever we happened to see him. Over his time in Indy, he still found a number of ways to quietly participate and be active in the ministries of the church without drawing attention to himself. In our gospel reading today, we see Jesus' rising fame and also his apparent avoidance of it even sneaking out on his own early in the morning to pray. Last week, if you recall, we explored the first action of Jesus in Mark's gospel, casting out the unwanted spirit from a man. The week before, we heard Jesus' first words of his public ministry. Today, we see his first healing. After their worship in the synagogue, they return to Simon's home to observe the Sabbath, although they immediately face a problem. Simon's mother-in-law is in bed. Uh, She's bedridden with a fever. And Jesus heals her. He offers a hand and raises her up. Then without missing a step, she continues to serve them. This, of course, becomes the talk of the town. And soon the whole town gathers outside the home, bringing everyone who is sick to be close to him. He cured many, but he also wanted to keep going. Jesus says he needs to keep going. He needs to keep traveling and proclaiming the message. You know, the one from a couple weeks ago, Jesus' own stump speech. The kingdom of God has come near, repent, and believe in the good news. Yet he keeps getting stopped. The sick and the hurting seek out Jesus and find him. We often imagine Jesus seeking out people who need him in the gospel. And this happens to be fair, but... It happens some of the time, but more often, it's the sick and the hurting who come out to find Jesus. They seek him out. Of course, this is a significant image in this moment of pandemic we find ourselves in right now. The whole town is literally gathered at the doorways of our community seeking help, seeking healing and wholeness in the form of vaccines, hospital beds, and treatments. For most of us, simply just looking for hope. Jesus seems to find a way to proclaim this message in word as well as in deed that God's kingdom of peace and justice is truly taking shape in our midst. As you've heard me say before, Mark moves at a blitz speed. His favorite word in the gospel is immediately. And it's telling of his image of Jesus, whose mission is to preach the message that God's kingdom has come near to repent and believe in the good news. It's an urgent message that beckons immediately 
and quickness, both in, merit, in narrative, but also in action on Jesus' part and our own. Because of this quick pace, it's easy to gloss over moments when another character does something remarkable and commendable. This is what tends to happen with this text and its series of actions by Jesus. Now, I want us to return to the first scene in our reading in Simon's house. In particular, the healing of Simon's mother-in-law. At first glance, it seems to set up all the other healings that will soon follow in the passage. But when we look closer, there's actually a lot to glean about Jesus' ministry as well as Simon's mother-in-law as an exemplar of discipleship. Scholars note that it's significant that Jesus' first healing in the gospel is of a woman. Jesus' first healing is performed not on a man of status, but on an elderly woman, someone likely without any status in the community, particularly if she happened to be widowed. This begins Jesus' inclusive ministry, which welcomes outcasts, lifts up the lowly, and offers Gentiles a seat at the table in God's kingdom. As wonderful uh, as this inclusive moment is in Jesus' first healing, though, I think Simon's mother-in-law actually upstages Jesus a bit here. As Jesus heals her of illness, Mark tells us that Jesus offers a hand, lifts her up, and then she begins to serve them. Some scholars have noted here that there are limits of Jesus' inclusivity here. Being a man of the first century, as just after this woman is healed, she continues in the task of serving Jesus and his male disciples. While this should certainly be noted, I also think there's something bigger going on here in this moment. And it's found in the verbs. Lifting up and serving. In healing her fever, Jesus lifts her up in, um, the word in Greek is agero. And friends, I actually think this is a pretty poor word choice uh, in, our, in our translation. Because this is the very same word that's used at the end of the gospel. When the, when the angel announces to the women at the tomb that Jesus is not here, but instead is risen. This is a glimpse of resurrection and new life that Jesus offers this woman in her healing Instead of lifting her up, he rises her up. She is raised. What happens next? She serves. The service is a lot more than just making Jesus and his disciples lunch, as we might assume. The word here for service is diakono. And our deacons get their namesake office from this word. It's the same word Mark uses earlier when Jesus is famished in the wilderness and after his temptation, angels came and ministered, served, tended to him. It's the same word here. It's an important word in action. She responds to this healing, to this being raised up, this new life to which she has been raised almost immediately with serving. It might be better understood as a return to her vocation in ministry, which takes the form of hospitality, 
a vital aspect of ancient Near East culture. Jesus' healing of her allows her to return to her calling. She rises up to continue offering a ministry of hospitality and comfort. There are several people throughout the gospel we'll meet who, after their encounter with Jesus, drop everything and follow him. And don't get me wrong, these make good and admirable stories of discipleship. But perhaps Simon's mother-in-law offers a more attainable example of discipleship for us to live into. Her rising from illness empowers her to step back into her vocation, into her service, into her ministry. She's found a meaningful way to respond to God's call upon her life, serving in ways that are life-giving to others. Friends, Jesus wants desperately to proclaim the message of God's imminent kingdom, yet people keep coming to him for healing. He finds a way to proclaim the gospel through action, through acts of love, healing, and inclusion. When we glimpse the, the presence of Christ in our midst through the kindness of strangers, the inclusion of the outcast, the healing of our own wounds, may we, like Simon's mother-in-law, Respond with gratitude so we can rise up to serve in the ways God has called each of us. May it be so, friends. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen.